What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. This week, we're splitting things up. We're going to take five questions about Obi-Wan Kenobi and five about Star Wars Celebration just to close out that week of fun. And we also need to send a shout out and a thank you to Jonathan Bell, who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Master level this past week and gave Molly a little gift we're going to talk about later. So thank you so much, Jonathan. For our first question, Cal Cant Brax and Ford Smiley ask how Reva knows Darth Vader's true identity. Obviously, we don't know yet. I think that's something that we will find out uh, in the following three episodes. My guess is that she saw some stuff during Order 66. That That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think soon we're going to find out exactly what her history is with both Anakin and Obi-Wan. I think she knew both of them when they were Jedi. And yeah, I think she saw, she personally witnessed Anakin doing all the things that he did with with all the younglings at the Jedi Temple that night. And I, I don't know if she was taken by force or if she like willingly decided to to follow the dark path, but I definitely think there's some deep history there. I'm going to guess taken by force. So yeah, that Order 66 scene that opens up the series, it's a popular theory that makes a lot of sense that uh, Reva was one of those younglings that survives and runs away. Um, but they're running into the Jedi Temple. Like, they're, they're still running into danger. So I think we're going to see more from her perspective. And, I mean, she would probably know who Anakin was. He's the Chosen One. She would probably know who was supposed to train him. And the fact that he fell to the dark side, she might put a lot of blame on Obi-Wan. That could be why she seemingly is out for blood against Obi-Wan. Um, she might be feeling the same way against Vader as well. I've seen people throw out the idea that she's trying to get closer to Vader to seek revenge. Um, that's possible too. There was also a mention from the Grand Inquisitor that her ability gave her status within the Inquisitorius, so I'm wondering if maybe she was attacked by the clones or... I'm, I'm so sorry, that was my son. M4RK is here. Uh, if you could please keep it down while we're doing the Q&A, that, that would be great. So yeah, she might be attacked by the clones or by Vader and she does something to defend herself or I don't know. Like, I'm wondering if the Emperor gets word and is like, get her, like she'll make a good Inquisitor. I don't know, but that's something that I think we are going to figure out in the next three weeks. Yeah, I think there was a little bit uh, between Reva and Vader when she was having that conversation with him over over the hologram uh and it, it seemed like vader and her had a common ground with with obi-wan specifically so there's got to be there's got to be more to that story somewhere from from their past right I'm, I'm thinking that i guess my assumption right now is that she's blaming obi-wan for his failure in teaching anakin and maybe she thinks like there's no way i can take on vader but i can take on obi-wan so I guess that's my thought for that. And maybe even if she isn't straight up attacked by uh, Anakin during Order 66, she might be hiding somewhere, see him talking to the Emperor, hear the name Lord Vader, Darth Vader, 
uh, and then she's just able to piece that together. Mm-hmm. The Anakin and Vader are the same person because yeah, that does seem to be a pretty closely guarded secret uh, for Vader. But I, I, again, I think we'll figure it out. Yeah, I think uh, we this came up a little bit in our last live stream covering episode three. The idea of Reva being in the temple and seeing Obi-Wan's message, seeing him just leave him and Yoda, just leave the temple, not even looking for survivors and her kind of like hating him for that. And so willingly joining up with Anakin slash Vader after that would be uh, such a gut punch, but it would be really interesting. Yeah, if she were hiding and couldn't get to them. And she has that line that's something like, the Jedi can't protect you. Like, I think she feels failed by the Jedi uh, in many ways. Red Alert 33 wants to know if we'll see Quinlan Voss in the series or anywhere else in future stories. So I did address this on uh, the video that came out yesterday, I think. Um, but still, fun to talk about. Will Quinlan Voss appear in... Let's start with Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't think so. Uh I would I would love it if he did, but I just don't know if there's time for it. We did get that awesome name drop. Uh, so the potential for him to be in future stories, I think it is much higher than showing up in this specific series where there's only three episodes left. So I'm, I'm leaning towards no as well. Uh, that's mostly just to keep my expectations down and not, you know, blow things out of proportion like we did with Mephisto and WandaVision. And by we, I mean like everyone watching that show. Uh, I do think that we're taking a step in the right direction by introducing this Jedi safe house. You know, people are always asking me, could Quinlan appear? Could Cal Kestis appear? Uh, could this other Jedi appear? And I'm usually like, no, no, no. Again, keeping expectations down. But if there is this Jedi network uh, that we've introduced into the show, it sounds a lot more plausible. And uh, in our live stream on Wednesday, Pink Milk pointed out that it's it could be O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character. We don't know who he's playing yet. I do love that casting, uh, especially because that uh, was a tweet that he put out saying something about some, some really nice things about Moses Ingram and, and the character of Reva and said, you know, wait till they see who I'm playing. So him coming in as Quinlan as a Jedi would be so awesome to see. Yeah. So th- there is definitely hope for it. I think that Molly's right. There's not necessarily a ton of time to spend with characters who aren't Obi-Wan and I don't want them to throw like Jedi after Jedi into the mix. Um, but I, I would have said straight up. No, if you asked me after episode two, <laughs> now I'm like, all right, okay, maybe, but other future projects are also on the table. I mean, Star Wars Jedi Survivor takes place at the same time as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and there's also the Bad Batch. So what do you think about either of those? I mean, just the name Jedi Survivor, it makes sense since the he survived Order 66 and is part of this underground uh, ring of, of Jedi helping to find Force-sensitive children. I think that's, that's definitely possible. Totally agree. I kind of think that Uh, Bad Batch, though, is my most likely bet just because they already have so many strong connections from the Bad Batch to the Clone Wars because it's basically a continuation. 
and that's where Quinlan Voss was uh, introduced largely to the canon universe. That um, fits your theory about if there's already a model made somewhere, <laughs> the potential for it showing up again is, is very high. Yeah. It's very high. So I think that Bad Batch is the most likely, but I really like what you're saying about, you know, Survivor. That's the name. And we know that Quinlan Voss is alive at that point in time. So it, it almost feels equally as likely. <laughs> Speaking of Quinlan, I just will also want to point out from the live stream uh, my theory of him using Ventress's lightsaber crystal yeah. and, and having the yellow lightsaber also because of his unique abilities, uh, just using her lightsaber crystal and being able to stay connected with her after her death would be like really special to see. Or, or even her lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, it, like if he had his green and her yellow or just her yellow, that would be such a cool connection back to Dark Disciple, which we never got to see on screen, but it's a wonderful book. And yeah, it's something that if he showed up and just had a yellow lightsaber, people would be like, oh, neat. But if you've read Dark Disciple, you're like, oh, that's sick. <laughs> Alex Ward asks why the clone veteran didn't recognize Obi-Wan as a Jedi. And Alex is suggesting that maybe the Order 66 protocol fades over time. I think that is exactly right. We we are kind of seeing that play out in the Bad Batch right now, mm-hmm. is that some of the clones, like uh, Hauser, are able to fight back against the chip, or th- they're able to see the truth. And I think the longer we get, o- the farther we get away from Order 66, probably the more likely that is to happen to all the clones. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the idea of, the clones being able to snap out of it eventually, or the idea that the Kaminoans never really tested this for long-term use, uh, the chip itself. So, yeah, I, I think that eventually just wears off. Yeah, I think the clones served a singular purpose for Palpatine. Once they completed it, he's like, who cares? I, I don't think he ever intended for it to last forever. And so, yeah, I, I think that... We're going to see a lot of clones, probably specifically in the Bad Batch, start to, start to break out of that spell. Although, I mean, Obi-Wan was a very well-known Jedi, and a lot of people knew what he looked like. Um, but that clone veteran looked like it had been through some rough times. Yeah. And, you know, everyone just assumes Obi-Wan is dead. All the Jedi are gone. So... I'm not surprised that he wasn't like, hey, wait a second, I know you. And even if he did, he might not be, like, chasing him down. (laughs) Right. Ari Koenig wants to know if Obi-Wan knew Leia was Force-sensitive, and if so, why he wasn't more eager to help her. Yeah, I mean, he, he absolutely knew. He was in that room where they split Luke and Leia up, and the whole point was so that they wouldn't be sensed together. Uh, it's not about whether or not she's force sensitive. It's all about him just hiding behind his mission. Yeah, I, I think he's in denial. Uh, and he was pretty much just worried about Luke uh, and probably just wants to protect Leia, give her a mostly normal life. But I, I mean, as we're going through this series, I think he's realizing that that just can't happen. That can't be the case. Is it, uh, especially in the third episode when he says something like, I think you're right, meaning like she'll be a good fighter one day. Um, 
Yeah, we see, I keep bringing up the Bad Batch, but we kind of see similar uh, thoughts from Hera's parents, the Syndulas, and from uh, the Bad Batch as they look at Omega, where they want their kids to have a normal life. They don't want their kids to have to fight like they just did through the Clone Wars. But, you know, (laughs) there's only so much you can do, and you have to prepare them for the world that they're going to be living in. Yeah, and especially now that he knows Vader exists... He's going to be even more eager to protect her and keep her away from the Force where, you know, Vader could potentially sense her uh, if she were to be trained. Yeah. And it's not so much about the training, I think. Like, when he was first contacted by Balin Brea, he was just like, I can't. You know, I have Luke. Like, I, there, there's so much. That I, I can't do it. And then Bale shows up and he's like, you know this isn't about Luke. Like, you're just not getting over yourself and your own failures and he says like what if i'm he's like i'm not the man i was what if i can't do it and that's what it's all about that's why he was hesitant to leave tatooine at all is because he's afraid i'm interested now thinking about just all these connections leading into a new hope obi-wan has this lie thought up to tell luke about what happened to his father and anakin what if Obi-Wan just doesn't have the heart to tell that same lie to Leia or knows that she would figure out the truth a lot mm. faster? Yeah, that's interesting because she is asking questions about who her real father is. Uh, and he's like, obviously, he's going to say, I'm not your father. But yeah, I don't think he's going to want to tell her and nor should she know mm-hmm. uh, for canon reasons or whatever. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see if that comes back up, if Leia asks questions about her father again. And yeah, I think you're onto something because he's been bringing up Padme as well. So we might see him come up with that lie uh, that like, I did know your father and he was a good man, but he's gone. And people keep pointing to that line in Return of the Jedi of Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Vader says that and he's like, it's too late for me. And I think we're going to see that. I do think we're going to see Obi-Wan try to reach Anakin and fail. And he will come to believe that, yeah, there is no hope for Anakin, at least not coming from him. Yeah. And if he's anything like Han, he knows that women always find out the truth. <laughs> yeah. So he's got to just like figure out something to tell Leia and <laughs> we, push her on her way. <laughs> we've seen it already in, in little young Leia. She reads people really, really well, and she's not afraid to call them out on their bs so yeah mr jd rice asks if there's anything we don't want to happen in obi-wan kenobi uh i kind of mentioned it earlier but i i don't think i want you know a ton of jedi to come in and save the day at the end yeah uh this kind of came up last night uh and i don't think this would happen but never say never i guess i don't want any of this to just be some weird vision or dream Oh yeah, no way. That's there's no way. <laughs> I think we're gonna get some flashbacks, hopefully in the next episode in episode four. Um, but I just I don't want to be surprised and tricked into thinking that something is happening and it turns out to be a dream or a vision. Like, like if Qui Gon, for instance, shows up, which he's going to. Yes. Uh, I don't want that to be in Obi Wan's dream. 
I want that to be something that actually happens in the show. Yeah, I don't think that we're in any danger of that. I think everything that is happening is really happening. And maybe he'll have a vision or two, but I'm not expecting it to be. And he wakes up on Tatooine in his hut and it was all a dream. Like, they're not going to do that. Um, I also don't think I want anyone to, like, find out about Leia. Like, people have floated the idea that Reva might find out about Leia or Luke. And um, if they survive the series, I, I think I'd feel a little weird about that. You know, that feels like another failure <laughs> mm -hmm. to a degree, even if she is redeemed or whatever. It's like, I don't know that I like the idea of anyone else knowing outside of Obi-Wan and uh, Bale and Brea and Yoda. On to celebration questions. A ton of people are asking us if we're planning to go to celebration in London next year. Yes, that's the plan. That is the plan. Uh, we've never been to London before, so it'll be our first time going over there. We, we've traveled abroad before, but never to London. So we're still figuring things out as far as where we're going to stay and for how long. I would love to make it a longer trip than, than just a, a few days. But yes, we definitely plan to go. I mean, at this point, ever since 2017 in our first Star Wars celebration, I'm like, I don't want to miss another one ever. Uh, I'm pretty thrilled that we have another one in just like 10 months mm -hmm. uh I, I think that's great so i'm excited to do it all over again um but yeah it does feel like a lot to plan <laughs> all of a sudden but yeah. yes that is the plan hopefully we get invited back to do another live podcast maybe a panel yeah i'm sure we'll do something some meetups and everything that we just did we will try to repeat that Joshua M. and Brad Monastier want to know our thoughts on the lack of streaming for the biggest panels of the con. Yeah, that is my biggest criticism of the way Star Wars Celebration was handled this past year. I mean, I made a tweet about how, you know, we didn't get into the lottery at all. Uh, we didn't win any lotteries to any of the big panels, but I was trying to make everyone feel better about that if they were in the same boat because I was like, it's okay. You can still watch it all. It'll still be streamed. Uh, and that was not the case um, for people who weren't at the convention and for people who were but didn't make it into the room. So we got incredibly lucky. We That's why we did that thank you video because we had so many people reach out and help us get into those panels. And if we hadn't had uh, great fans like you, then we would have had nothing to cover there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was weird when at our own podcast, you know, Ken and Joseph didn't get a chance to go to the Thursday, the big Thursday Lucasfilm panel. So they didn't even know what to say when we were, you know, talking about the footage that we saw and what it was like. Um, I don't know, like, I understand there being exclusive stuff to be seen at certain panels, like a, to an extent, but yes. every panel just about had a lot of things that they showed that was not allowed to be filmed. It never got publicly released. So with how difficult it was for a lot of people to get into these panels through the lottery system, yeah, it was a huge bummer to people who spent, you know, thousands of dollars traveling there, bringing their families, and then realizing that they can't see the new... 
uh, Mandalorian footage or the Ahsoka teaser footage that we got or, you know, the episode of Tales of the Jedi that we got to see. Uh, or even just the panel, even if you were there watching it at the Star Wars show stage, like they weren't even streaming the discussions to the stage. So you couldn't see the panel at all and yeah. much less the exclusive footage. And I mean, I understand not wanting things to get out. And I really understood it in 2019 when they showed Mandalorian season one footage. Um, so I was kind of expecting that to happen again this time when they were like, please don't record this. And I was like, that looks fantastic. And mm -hmm. I don't know why they don't want to put that out. And I do understand wanting to encourage people to come to celebration so that there's something special for the people there. Um, but I don't know, to a, to a certain point. And the fact that everyone that was there didn't get all that exclusive stuff is a bummer. And all that exclusive stuff got out anyway. Like, yeah. and they knew that was going to happen. So why not just release it to the public where everyone can see it? Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, I get and like to talk about the 2016 celebration. I would say that one of my celebration memories, that one of my favorite celebration memories, is watching the Star Wars Rebels season three panel from our home because we didn't go to London in 2016, but I got to stream it and I got to see the trailer while everyone else did, and I got to hear everyone just losing their minds over Grand Admiral Thrawn being in Star Wars Rebels Season 3. Mm -hmm. I love that memory. And I don't know, it, it feels like cel Celebration sells out. So you don't really have to encourage a bunch of people to come. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. The, the idea of trying to get more people to go to Celebration and then rewarding those people with, with this exclusive footage, that's that's just not the case. You're going to... You're going to deter people from going to the future ones because of what happened in this one. Like, if they didn't get into any of those panels and they didn't see any of the cool footage, they might be like, well, I'm not going to go through the trouble to come to this again. Yeah, like people going to Celebration are already getting exclusives. We get posters, we get merch, we get pins. Like, there are things you can only get at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, walking the floor is fun. Just, you know, being around Star Wars fans in person is enough for me to be like, yes, I'm going. All the other stuff is just kind of like the cherry on top. So yeah, I hope that for London 2023, they go back to, we're streaming all the panels. And if there are things here or there that are kept exclusive, like, okay, it is what it is. But yeah, I'm just imagining the people, the reactions that people had watching the Rise of Skywalker footage or trailer from the Star Wars show stage that was still so electric and energizing, even if you weren't in the room where it was happening. Right. So I, I hope they bring all that back. Yeah. And like a part of it is me wondering, is it just because they didn't want people to record it and to get it out? Because they did have a lot of people in the room of those panels, you know, working the floor making sure nobody had their phones out, nobody had their cameras out, recording anything. So maybe they weren't sure that that would be the case in those other rooms. They wouldn't have enough people to police all that stuff. But still, 
I just think, especially with having to take the take a break from celebration because of COVID and the dates getting pushed so far, they should have shown a lot of that stuff to everybody. I agree. And even as someone who did get to see all the exclusive footage, I want to watch that Mando stuff again. We want to watch it again. It was sick. <laughs> Ice Phoenix 2 asks what the most surprising reveal in any of the trailers was for us. So there were a lot, but I'm going to just reiterate in case you haven't watched our coverage. The thing I was expecting the least and lost my mind over was Gunji. I'm trying so hard to not say Gungi. The return. I'm trying to say it right, but Why? yeah. I think Gungi is right too. <laughs> I Everyone say, yells at me. I say Gungi because I think it's cuter. <laughs> I prefer Gungi as well. But yeah, getting our favorite little Wookiee Jedi back, I was not expecting that even remotely. And it, it's one of those things where I'd kind of given up hope. You know, sometimes people would ask, what do you think happened to the younglings from season five of The Clone Wars? And I'd be like... Probably nothing good, but <laughs> now he's back. Gun Gunji is here. I bet all the other ones are alive, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. So that that was just something I was not expecting, and the scream I let out uh, <laughs> made my voice hoarse. <laughs> um, I think for me, the one thing I wasn't expecting was just the amount of Ahsoka footage that we got, and I also wasn't expecting the Sabine reveal. I was so you know, caught up in my own head about Thrawn and like, oh, they might be revealing Thrawn and who Thrawn is and who's playing him. So that when they played that footage and showed the back of Sabine's head, I just lost my mind. And we got a little bit of Hera in that too. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't expecting all the Rebels love that yeah. we got. Just Ahsoka in general was not expecting any footage from that. And then to throw Hu Yang into the mix of all... Of all the characters and droids, uh, but it's a good one to show because it is very, you know, the diehard fans are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's Hu Yang. Uh, anyone else will be like, cool looking droid. Uh, it, it works both ways. Mm -hmm. James Solari wants to know, what was our favorite thing that we got at Celebration? Well, I was going to roll Mark out uh, at this point, but he already made his presence known. Uh, are you sorry about that? Okay, well, that's rude. Uh, <laughs> technically, we didn't get this at Celebration, but we we built droids at Galaxy's Edge for the first time. And could, could you please wow. not interrupt? Wow, manners. You yeah. forgot to install manners. Also, we try not to use such harsh language on the channel. <laughs> uh, but we, we built droids, and uh, I, I quickly fell in love with my son, Mark. <laughs> uh, for something at Celebration that I got... Uh, we gave them a shout out the other day, but uh, Nerdy Knightly was able to get to the Celebration store for me and got me several shirts and uh, picked up the Sacred Jedi texts for me because uh, I was just too busy to get to the store. So thank you so much, Nerdy, for that. It was also hard to get into the store. The, you know, the app wasn't working well. I hate to complain more, but the app was, wasn't working really well. The Lightspeed Lane stuff was really hard to do, and the lines for the Celebration store were just horrendous from yeah. what i heard we didn't have time to to stand in those lines but yeah i tried to get into the store uh like right when it opened and uh that didn't work and i was like well i have to go to a panel and fortunately i was standing with my buddy and uh nerdy was like give me a list i'll pick up what you need and i paypal paypal him afterwards yeah uh and then for for one last thing oh he also got me the carson teva pen which is something i really wanted 
Uh, I'm not a big trading card person, but I saw this. I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but uh, this is a General Veers, like, rank insignia card, and uh, only five of them exist in the world. So I picked it up for Veer's watch uh, <laughs> to send to him because I know that if there were only five, like, cust or five little exclusive bigs things lying around, mm -hmm. uh, I'd love it if someone got me that. <laughs> and speaking, speaking of bigs. <laughs> yeah, I did find, while I found that, I was just like, do you also have any big stuff? And I found uh, two cards that I do not have to add to the shrine. One of them's like a little sketch, and it's signed by the artist. And one of them is signed by Garrick Hagon. So now I have his signature three times. Yeah, he was over uh, checking out for the Veers card, which I knew he was going to get. But it was taking a lot longer than I expected. And I went over there and I was like, what'd you find? More big stuff. It was a mistake. And I knew it the second I opened my mouth. But I was like, while you're checking me out, do you have any bigs things? And they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they they knew they had me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have as much stuff as Alex, but I do have something that our lovely new patron, Jonathan, got for me, also from the Celebration mm -hmm. Store, right? It's uh, this amazing glittery Grogu, which I did take out of the box. I'm sorry for anyone who hates me for that, but it's even more impressive looking out of the box. It's so sparkly, and I had to have him. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Jonathan. I didn't even ask for this. Uh, he just got this for me. So I super, super appreciate that. Everyone just knows. <laughs> Everyone just knows, which is working out well for me. <laughs> um, and the other two things that I got uh, were actually from Disney when we went there for Star Wars night. And that is this shirt. This is a, a Disney pride shirt. It is a boys size large, which I really appreciate because it fits great. Um, it's got the little pride thing over here with the little Disney D on it. Uh, and it's really soft and comfortable. <laughs> so liked that a lot. And then this. Where did you get that? The Darksaber? I, I bought that. I bought that at, at uh, Disneyland. I convinced you to buy it. Yeah, but you built a lightsaber. I bought that. That's mine. No, it's mine. Did you win it by combat? I can if you want. <laughs> no, that's okay. Let's do this. <laughs> it's not heavy for me. I can I can fight with... No, 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 no. Look out, Mark. <laughs> Last up is Harrison Edgar, who asks if we had a favorite cosplay that we saw. The My, my top favorite one uh, was a young girl who had like the curliest hair I've ever seen and she was cosplaying as a young Pelimoto and I thought that was the cutest thing I remember like walking by it being like that's adorable and we kind of walked and I was like I'm going back I need a picture <laughs> she was so cute and like so excited to take pictures uh her jumpsuit looked great yeah and her hair was amazing um Gosh, I saw so many cool cosplays. I saw some that I had kind of seen before, but I always love to see people cosplayed as the Lego minifigs with the giant heads. <laughs> uh, but the most impressive cosplay I saw was Frog Lady. Oh, yeah, that one was great. It looked straight out of the Mando Experience hall with, with all the actual props, like 
she had the the egg uh backpack and everything and when people were taking her pictures she was kind of in character and being really adorable and like acting shy uh when people wanted to take her picture so i i loved that i also loved seeing all of the high republic cosplay that was exciting every single time. Oh, yeah, all and, the geodes. Oh, yeah, there were three geodes, <laughs> uh, which was hysterical. Well, they did like a big cosplay meetup, and all of the authors came out to to join in and just watch. And watching their reactions to seeing like their characters being celebrated in that way. Uh, we, we'd been following someone on Twitter who was putting together a skier uh, costume. Which shout out to them because that's how we even made it to the photo shoot yeah <laughs> because to see, we, to see it happen uh, i i think he had told me it was happening um before celebration and then we were walking back to cover the survivor trailer that dropped and we saw him coming out of the hotel putting his trandoshan head on i was like <laughs> never mind turn around we're going to that <laughs> and just seeing the author's reactions was really special and seeing all of the cool cosplays were awesome mm-hmm. uh that, I imagine, that was my favorite cosplay moment of the weekend. I imagine, and I, I said as much to a few of the authors, that that whole High Republic photo shoot cosplay meetup is going to be twice, if not three times as big as it was at the next celebration. I think so. And Christina was there filming, so I bet that's going to be part of the next High Republic show. So hopefully all those cosplayers get featured because they were awesome. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching and may the force be with you.